Good evening, everyone. And tonight I'll be joined by Will. Good evening, everyone. My name's Will. Fellow season there. Uh, so I've known Will for a, for a few years now. So what we're going to do is we're going to Will's going to kind of tell us his story um, about he kind of, how he started seasons. And um, so we'll start right from the from the start. So if you'd like, just like to introduce yourself and a little bit about you. Yeah, cool. Uh, right. Well, yeah. Hello, everyone. Yeah, my name's Will. Uh, Twenty five years old. Uh, been doing seasons now since 2017, so not as long as George. I've only done four seasons. Uh, I've done uh, three summer seasons in, out in Greece and then uh, one winter season um, in France as well. So, yeah. Do you, uh, do you remember when we met, Will? Yeah, I do. Um, so, I think we met halfway through my first season. So, we're both working for the um, same company out in Greece, but um, we're working in like different centres. And then halfway through the season, uh, both of us ended up doing our RYA Intermediate uh, Windsurf Instructor course in Vasiliki, Greece. So I came over to Vas, which is where George is working, and uh, got to hang around with George for a week. So how, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of how, where I'm how is really. that for you? An experience? Yeah, interesting experience. Uh, those of you who know what George is like. But uh, no, it was all right. Certainly a memorable character. <laughs> if, uh, if we could just bring it back then. So if you could tell us a little bit about your, your kind of childhood and what sports you were into when you were a bit younger. Yeah, of course. Um, so I've always had a pretty, pretty active upbringing. Um, my mum and dad were both really into sailing when they were a bit younger. So um, when I got old enough, they they introduced me to sailing. So I actually started off in the water sports, only sailing, not really windsurfing at all. Uh, got brought up doing a lot of skiing as well, a lot of mountain biking. And then um, basically uh, went through college not knowing what I wanted to do. And then when I left college, um, did uh, did an apprenticeship as a as a rock climbing instructor, and that's kind of like that's kind of like my start into the outdoor industry. Actually, was a rock climbing instructor, so it's kind of how I got into this industry, really. So I think you're a little bit like me. I I think I know what the answer is here, but did, was uni ever an option for you? It was kind of one of those things that I really liked the idea of it, uh, and I applied and I got in. Uh, but the truth is that I'm one of those people who really struggles to be motivated by things that I'm not actually interested in. So uh, kind of took the decision actually after I got offered my position that actually probably wasn't a good idea to go just because actually I really wasn't interested in going. So the idea was to give myself like a gap year and, and then maybe go to university, but uh, that never happened. What was the course that you're looking at doing? Uh, so I was going to do, uh, what's it called? it's called sport technology, it's basically like product design and sport, which uh, in hindsight probably would have been quite interesting actually, but um, I'm not really, not really looking to that back at the moment. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, your your enterprise that uh, that you've just started a little bit later. That sounds good. Um, so if you could just tell, where was your where was your first season? Yeah, so did uh, did my first season? Um, well, I guess my first season abroad was in Greece um, on the uh, eastern edge of Greece, a place called uh, Leader Beach Club in the uh, arse end of nowhere. But um, really straight out of college, as I said, I started off doing like a rock climbing apprenticeship. Worked with a rock climbing instructor for a year. Uh, after that, left the centre. I was out at a really small little scout centre. Moved up onto quite a big multi-activity centre, place um, place called Cowshot Activity Centre on the south coast. And that's kind of like where I started moving away from the rock climbing side of things and into the water sports side <coughs> of things. My job was kind of to basically take on groups of kids and take them through like rock climbing, uh, windsurfing, skiing, sailing, uh, archery shooting, all kinds of stuff. And uh, I basically just realised that. Um, my favourite sessions to teach were the windsurfing and sailing. I uh, only learnt to windsurf actually when I started at Cowshot, which I think is five years ago now. 
Um, and I worked there for two, just over two years. And it kind of got to the point actually where the sessions I enjoyed teaching the most were sailing and the windsurfing, but I was only teaching those once or twice a week. So I thought, okay, well, let's have a look at doing a summer season. And that's when I applied for my first job out in Greece. Um, uh, same company as uh, you were working at, George. So, yeah, yeah that, was, uh, that was in Leader Beach Club. Um, yeah, East Energy Greece. Tiny, tiny little centre. I think it was like 16 people in peak, peak season, 16 staff in peak season. So pretty pretty small place, really. But it was like quite a nice introduction into, into season life. Yeah, what I feel, yeah, about kind of working in a small centre is, it's kind of uh, well. I, I particularly have never really worked within a within a, a place that there's not too many other people. But I imagine the team gets uh, quite close together. And yeah, don't get me wrong. Like I say, it's like an introduction. It was really nice. Um, you know, everything's all new. You know, quite new and exciting. And I guess like lots of the teams I worked in before were a bit on the smaller side anyway. But uh, you are exactly right. You know, you're there with a group of like I say, sixteen people in peak season. Um, yeah. and you're there with them for six months of your life and you're living, working and socialising with them and it's, it's kind of it's good in some ways because you get really close but it's also bad in others because you know, if you fall out with someone you've got nowhere to escape uh, you know, escape to so it does, it does have its upsides but um, I think certainly for me now since working with a bigger team I, I probably on your side a bit really it's, uh, it's, quite, it's quite a nice being in a bigger group really Yeah for sure so if if you were to give a bit of advice to someone who's maybe got a job in a place they hadn't heard of, um, so like leaders not particularly popular within within the industry, but would you would you say it's good just to get out there and uh, and go for it and just get your first season under your belt? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the most important thing is to go at it with like an open mind. Um, you know, you're you're never going to make something um, into exactly what you want it to be. You kind of got to take it as is. So uh, certainly for me, you know, going out there with a completely open mind, taking it as it is and making the most of it as it is, you know, it's, it's still really good fun. You know, I still had, you know, one of the best six months of my life out there um, because, you know, from that point of view, you know, you've, you've actually not got anything else to compare it to yet. So, uh, no, definitely. I, I would get yourself out there and you learn a huge amount about yourself and, you know, working with other people that actually, you know, it's all skills that are really useful back here in the real world. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I think it's the same. Uh, I think you'd feel the same about it. For me, it's all about getting that first that first season out the way, enjoying yeah, it, but absolutely. also like bettering yourself. So when when we when we we met, it was on uh, that instructor course, and that was because we both wanted to better ourselves to enable ourselves to get to get better jobs within the industry. Well, that's it. Actually, it's quite funny because the whole the whole reason, uh, you know, I think when I did that instructor course, I'd only been windsurfing for a year and a half by that point. Um, and the whole reason I wanted to do that was I thought to myself, okay, well, you know, if I can get this course, then maybe I can work in VAS, in Vasiliki next year. So that's kind of like, you know, that's kind of like my driving force throughout the entire season, actually, was that, you know, maybe maybe I can go somewhere a bit bigger and a bit windier. So and that, that paid off pretty well because the next year you were there with the lads. I was. Uh, yeah, if you, if, you, if you could call yourself a lad, absolutely. Um, no, it was good. Yeah, ended up in Vasa next year, which is just absolutely fantastic. Much, much bigger team. You know, I think that year we had like a peak season team of like almost 30 people. Uh, so like completely different dynamic in the, you know, like the way, you know, the way it all works. You know, you've almost got, um, I don't know, it almost felt like the team sort of almost splits off into like smaller little groups. You know, like you still socialise with everyone, but it's quite nice. You've got like a bit more of escape, you know, during the working day and also when you're socialising as well. But no, really, really cool, really cool environment, actually. So, so we'll talk a little bit about Vasiliki because that's a place that we've we've both done quite a few seasons now. Um, if you could just tell me, kind of the the best thing to do on a day off in Vasiliki, 
a non-windsurfing related. Non-windsurfing related. So uh, I think my first uh, my first season in Vass, um, I got a little bit carried away with windsurfing. I was one of those people who, if it wasn't windy, I would just sit on my day off all day waiting for it to get windy. Uh, but the season I've just done in Vass, um, it was like much more about just exploring. Like I wanted to get out of Vassaliki itself as much as possible. Like you're on this incredible island, island of Lefkada. You know, you've got, uh, you know, you can rev and it's really weird because you've got this, you know, pretty small island, but with so much packed into it. And one of the things yeah. that like, really blows my mind is that like one side of the island is completely different to the other side in terms of like landscape, um, like how busy it is. It's absolutely crazy. You know, over the course of like one day, you can be there exploring, you can be off finding some amazing like thermal springs to go in, um, swim in you can go uh find these like look like completely secluded beaches you can be driving through pine frost one minute and then you almost it feels like you're in like an arid almost like desert like the next minute you can drive up to the top of the island a uh, big mountain in the middle um so it might be like 35 odd degrees down in vast but once you're up there it's like actually quite a nice temperature to sit and just you know you've got this incredible view of the entire island so like for me like especially last year like just going off i'm just like exploring like I managed to get out of Asaliki every single day off and just explore and find all these really cool places that I'd never, never heard of before. So, yeah. Yeah. Great. Greece is a fun, like wherever you are, wherever you do your season, obviously my, all my summer seasons have been in Greece, but the best thing to do is just get a car and get out and explore and see, see a little bit. Cause you might, you don't want to be stuck in one place for five or six months. You need to get out yeah, that, that, and uh, see what it's all about. You know, you can get, uh, you know, Vasiliki isn't too bad because actually it's like quite a big resort with lots of other beach clubs, like loads of other people you're mingling with. But even then you can get, you know, it's almost like cabin fever. You know, you feel like you can't get out. You just, you just, yeah, get out there and just explore. It's just, uh, it's just like the best thing about seasons, I think. So we'll talk a little bit about Vasiliki. So for those of you who don't know it, it's kind of a big, a big bay. Um, one of the best places in Europe, probably the world for windsurfing, um, where it's windy from kind of two or three in the afternoon right up until the sun sets, kind of five, five days a week. Last season was absolutely mental for wind. Uh, but what it's also got is it's got a massive like social scene um, with lots of different beach clubs. And Will, Will this year will be working um, in a different beach club, but it's actually only about 50 metres away from, from where I'm working. So it's, it's great. Because you get a, a big social dynamic without having to work with the same people all the time as well. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, it's, it's one of those things like you can go out on, you know, you finish work, you wander down to one of the beach clubs and just there's like one of the larger beach clubs there. Uh, clubs ask like basically all the other beach clubs just like stop there on the way for having finished work and just sit down and socialise and have a beer or two. Um, and then, you know, like from the social side of things, you know, throughout the week, there are like different events that different beach clubs will hold. Um you know, there's like cheesy, cheesy band music on Tuesdays, which is just like my favorite night of the week. Uh, you've got like Friday night, which is normally a big one at Club Mass, um, which is normally the one where like everyone goes out. And it's just a really cool scene, you know, because you're mingling with not only just other other seasonaires from all the other beach clubs, because there are like four or five different beach clubs that all mixed together. But you're like also getting to like mingle with like all of the guests from all of those beach clubs. So it's just a really, really cool atmosphere, actually, where you just you're there with all of these people who are just like absolutely obsessed with windsurfing and sailing and just, yeah, it's, it's really cool actually. You can, yeah, you can go up to a beach, you can hold a conversation with anyone because everyone's got the, the same interest. Yeah, which I think um, is, it actually is something I found which is like different to like my ski season. Like on my ski season, I kind of found it was like, you had like a divide of people who were there just for like the social side or you had the people who were there just for the skiing. 
we had like a couple of people there for both, but like Greece, like especially Vast, it's like everyone is there because they want to win surf. So it's just such a cool vibe. That, you know, as George says, you can just go off and like, like just talk to anyone and have some kind of cool interest, which is really cool. So have you got have you got a favourite memory of your days in Vasiliki so far? Uh, I do. Um, I think I've got a couple actually. Uh, I remember there was. I remember like the, the very beginning of last season. So beginning and end of season, it always like rains quite a lot and it's like quite stormy. And uh, I was out there beginning of last season. Um, I think it was like end of April. I was out there. Just got out there first week and it's actually a humongous thunderstorm rolls through. And uh, it was me and my mate actually, uh, and George, like, you know, um, Dan Barrington, Beebs. Uh, one of like yeah. the funniest people you'll ever meet because he's just absolutely obsessed with windsurfing. And that's all he can talk about. It's like, yeah. We will be getting him on it. Oh my gosh, you have to. He actually struggles to talk about anything. I think he he's been working as a teacher, and I, after less than a year, he's like, "Nah, I think I'm going to go back to to seasons," which is quite funny. But anyway, me and me and Beebs, um, uh, it was just it was absolutely pouring down with rain, thunderstorm, and we we're like, "Oh, should we go out?" And we're like, "Nah, that's a stupid idea." And then we kind of like riled each other up, and we were just there like sailing around, like we were the only two people in the whole bay, just having a whale of a time, like thunder and lightning overhead, like just having just the best time of our lives. And then the wind dropped off, and we had to swim back in, but it was just like like twenty-five minute power session, which is pretty sick. We won't recommend it. But yeah, no, probably it's it is good. <laughs> most sensible things to do, but it was a lot of fun. And then uh, as, yeah, as you said, like last season, like for wind was absolutely mental. I think there was like four days from beginning of july until end of august where it didn't get windy i remember there was there was one day as uh, as you said like you know the wind normally comes in at like two three in the afternoon but this day the thermal kicked in at like half past eight in the morning and it was just nuking from half past eight in the morning and then at 12 o'clock of that night it was still nuking and it was just mental you know i i think it was my day off so i got like four and a half hours of windsurfing in that day i was absolutely knackered i like normally by the end of the day like all of the guests are still out on the water like everyone's just psyched and everyone was just dead. There was like, wasn't a single person on the water because they'd already been out all day. It was just like a really weird, like, atmosphere. Everyone, all these people just like absolutely psyched but knackered on the beach having had this sit there. It's the best, the best, just just staff out from like three o'clock. That was it. And I, that's, that's the best day. I landed my first front loop that day. So that was, uh, that was also pretty cool. But so uh, we'll move on a little bit now. So, you want to talk a little bit about your your board design and what you've been doing with the the foiling boards and the the flat air? Yeah, yeah, I can do that. So it's um so 2018 uh, that was my first season in VAS and um, I learned to windfoil, which uh, you know, put on the shmemi side. You know, I think it kind of like divides opinion as to whether it's cool or not, but I'm maintaining that it's pretty cool. Uh, oh, I don't know. Adds in like a whole new dynamic to windsurfing. And um, towards the end of the season, I was like starting to jump these uh, free ride boards and pretty badly told off for it because they're quite expensive and i thought okay well i could probably like i'm, I'm pretty handy with composites so i could probably like design and, and build my own freestyle foil board so uh, i sat down and kind of worked out what i wanted you know you got the people like faust muller out in uh switzerland just doing these absolutely mental things on like custom made freestyle foil boards so um i basically sat down and worked out a way that i could convert a uh, starboard flare freestyle board into a freestyle foil board now, at the time, I was kind of taking like a bit of a different route. You know, I think there was only one other company at the time who was making like narrow freestyle foil boards uh, with free foot straps. You know, it makes the board much twitchy and much harder to ride. So I kind of came up with like a lot of like resistance from all of my peers saying, you know, it's never going to work. Like there's a reason nobody's building like this. And I kind of stubbornly thought, OK, well, you know, let's let's just see if it works. 
So I built this thing, and uh, first time I tested it, I was pretty scared. Uh, everybody <laughs> thought it was going to snap, and like everyone was taking the piss. Um, but it worked. It kind of proved that actually, like you know, even an average Joe like me can ride uh, a board, which yeah, it's very twitchy, but it does the job. It's great at jumping, um, and it's quite interesting now actually because I kind of like made like the first prototype, rode it all season, and now only this year, uh, like some of the bigger companies are actually bringing out freestyle four boards now using kind of like similar concepts to the ones that I use. So that's, that's pretty cool, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, it works. It didn't break. And uh, I've actually just made like the Mark II version of the Flat Air, uh, which looks a bit prettier, a bit cooler now. And that, that works really well. It's uh, much lighter as well. So what we'll do is we'll put your, uh, we'll put your Instagram in the description and everyone can check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, also, if you're ever in Vasiliki and need your board repairs, uh, Will's fantastic as oh. well. He's fixed a few for me and the centre. Yeah, good man. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's worked out pretty well. Yeah. Uh, so earlier early you touched a little bit on your winter seasons. Could you just go into that a little bit more, kind of what job you do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my first winter season abroad um, worked as a mobile ski technician. So my job was to basically drive around in my four-wheel drive white van and uh, take people's skis and boots to them in chalet and like fit them into skis and boots in their chalet. So it was kind of like a premium service that I provided. It's working for quite a good company out there. Um, so I was working out in uh, Courchevel in the Three Valleys, which is, um, I think it's like one of the most expensive resorts in France. So it's quite, it was quite an interesting season. Uh, really interesting clients that you work with, like kind of working from like the hyper, hyper rich. Um, you know, I think there was one family, they were paying like a quarter of a million a week to stay in this chalet. It was, it was just bonkers. <laughs> and then on the other end of the scale, I like might be fitting like, I guess like, you might call them, like Povo skiers, just there like having a great time, just like making the most of it. Um, but it was a pretty cool season. You know, I was, I was lucky that that season actually was, I think it was like the best season for snow uh, in the Alps that they'd had in 35 years. I think that like, there was maybe like one week where we didn't have a power day. Uh, and I ended up leaving like mid-April to fly out to Greece, and we had like a powder day middle of April. And then yeah, that yeah. season, even like mid-June, they had like a dump of three foot of powder in mid-June, which is just it just bonkers. Um, so that was a really cool season. Uh, it's kind of like a, it's like my first winter, so it's like quite a nice introduction. Is that something you want to do again yeah, in absolutely. the winter season, or are you kind of? No, nah, absolutely. I stayed home um, the last two winters just because so, it's it's easy to get save money. Uh, yeah, yeah, this uh, this winter, hopefully, cross fingers. <laughs> hopefully, the industry won't have fallen apart, and I'll be going out again. I think I want to go out to like Teen or Valadere or somewhere. Um, yeah. I think it could be quite good fun. So, is that something you want to do the same job with? Keep doing the ski technician yeah, or ski tech. something different? Is is good. It's good for a couple of reasons. It's it's quite nice because um, I'm quite quite a sociable person. So that job was amazing because I got to meet like all of the chalet hosts from loads of other companies. So, like, you go on, like, nights out or to Apre and stuff, and you just, like, know everyone there, which is really cool. So, it yeah. kind of meant that, like, you didn't end up, I didn't end up, like, falling into that clique that you sometimes do. There was always, like, loads of people I could ski with or, or socialize with. Um, but then, you know, the other benefit of being a ski technician is you get, like, free ski servicing all season, and you can borrow kits all season, which is really nice. Um, yeah, definitely. And then certainly my job, you know, I basically got given a company car, which doesn't happen in every job. I appreciate that. Like... But that, that was pretty cool. So, no, definitely. So, just just touching on kind of the whole season life a little bit. Some people have have this concept of uh, like season heirs uh, being like kind of from really wealthy families and mummy and daddy paying for everything. But 
you know, for the both of us, we haven't come from that. So could you just talk about how um, you can get into a job where it's basically free? So you apply for a job, you go out there and everything's free. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty cool. It's pretty easy, if I'm honest. Um, I definitely think I think that kind of stereotype probably comes more from like the winter season side of things. And uh, it's, it's yeah. quite interesting, actually, because like, on my winter season, you could tell which season airs had come from like mummy and daddy taking them on holidays and which season airs just like really like skiing. Like that was like a very clear divide. Um, but as you say, like it's pretty easy. Like there are so many websites you just go on and you apply and you can like there are so many jobs you can pick from and you can just, you know, pick anything that you find interesting. I think um, summer seasons are slightly different. Um, I haven't really found that whole like uh, mummy daddy taking me on holiday kind of things. And I think that's yeah. because for a summer season, you do have to, for the most part, have to have some kind of interest in water sports. You know, generally speaking, like there are jobs that you can go off and do um, that you can get quite easily if you're not qualified and not experienced. Like there are loads of like assistant instructor jobs. You can get like hospitality staff jobs. But I think like most of the people you find out there have at least like a basic qualification in water sports. Yeah, and they, um, they tend to be passionate about what they're doing as well. That's it. Like they're not they're not there for the money. Well, that's exactly it. Like you, you never you never you're never going to do this job. It's it's one of the interesting things actually, because um, a lot of my mates went off to uni, and it's kind of like the first time we've all come back to the same place again. It's one of the things they asked me is like, okay, well, does it bother you that you have a, a really bad job? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know, you don't get paid anything. It's like, yeah, no, but when you want time off, you have to pay to go away on holiday. My job is at work yeah. on holiday. So it's kind of like a trade-off. You're never going to make as much money, but you're kind of getting paid by the fact that you're working in a place that you want to be, as opposed to working yeah. some kind of grinding job that then allows you to pay for all that. So it's uh, interesting. That's what I, t- I talked a little bit about that in the last episode. It's about wanting to get out of bed in the morning and wanting to do your job. That's it. And if you can do that, then I think you'll be very happy in life as long as you're not not kind of in debt or anything it's there's nothing wrong with doing that that's it and actually you know you know as a seasonaire you know companies are generally getting a much much better now at actually paying you like a sensible wage but it's it's not difficult to make this sustainable like you can you do earn enough to you know get some savings behind you you do earn enough to actually make it a viable career um yeah you know it's quite interesting i think this um this season working for a different company and uh, once all my overheads have been taken away from my job here in the UK, I'm actually earning the same amount of money in Greece as I would be in the UK. So it's, yeah. you know, it's, it does take a bit of working out and you do have to, you know, be a bit careful from time to time, but it's, it's easy to make it like a viable career, which is. Uh, it's, it's like your money that you earn is it's basically disposable income because you haven't got to pay for anything other than maybe food. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, you know, some companies will give you a food allowance, you know, George, I think yours gives you a food allowance. I know mine does. Um, so it's exactly as you say, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the money you get paid is the money you, you can put into your pocket rather than having to then send off to other places. So. Yeah. Or have a very expensive kit addiction and uh, keep buying new windsurfing. Yeah, kit. which is the other bit I wasn't going to touch on, but that is an issue that I think all of us yeah. do. And I think like, all of us, certainly like our group chat from last year, have now gone off and bought like swanky new kit and we're all broke. But um, yeah, we won't touch on that. <laughs> Needs must and everything. Well, that's it. I, we've all got matching sales and boards now, so we're we'll doing pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just uh, just to kind of bring it all together a little bit, if you were if you were to give a first time seasonaire, someone looking to get a job, uh, we'll go for it like first time seasonaire, maybe just past the start windsurf instructor, they're looking to get a job. What would be your one piece of advice uh, for kind of the process of getting that job? So I think for the process of getting the job and then also doing well at it, 
it's about remembering that you don't necessarily have to be the most experienced or the most qualified person. You just need to be one of the most passionate people. Like if you're one of those yeah. people that is genuinely interested in what you're teaching and is willing to put in the hard work and will get up every single morning and be as enthusiastic about teaching as you are about going off and doing, you know, your sailing, windsurfing, then you'll get on well. You know, you'll get on well with the guests. You'll get on well with other people there. You won't fall out with people. Uh, and actually, it's just like, yeah, it's just like a really useful thing to have. So, definitely. Do you think Do you think over doing kind of as many seasons as you have now, do you feel like your, your personality has changed a little bit? Do you feel like you're a bit more kind of an outgoing person? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those quite interesting things, really. Um I don't, I, if I'm really honest with you, I'd say I don't actually recognize the person uh, that first started doing seasons. You know, I was, uh, when I first started, I was very quiet, as I'm sure George will probably, the fact that I actually met George at the beginning of the season, he doesn't actually remember me meeting him. Which is like, but believe it or not, I was also very quiet on my first few seasons. Yeah, I don't believe that for a second, mate. But um, yeah. yeah, very, you know, very quiet, a bit timid, not very confident. Um, and it's just like, you know, over the last course of the last four years, you know, you become much more, I guess, like confident in your own ability. You become happy talking in front of people. You know, it's one of the things that my mates notice back back at home is that I've got no issue going up and just talking to people. And it's, I think it's, it's a really good skill to have with something that Seasons has taught me. Uh, your time management, obviously. And uh, probably the biggest thing I've learned is how to work when I'm unbelievably hungover. Like your game face will become incredible if you do Seasons. That's like, for me, for me, when I manage people, it's, I don't care what you've done the night before unless it's unless it's affecting what you're doing the next there day. There you go. There you go. That's so you, you've just got to really be that's that's kind of would be my one piece of advice is just just put it all to rest and just get on with the day. Yeah, that's I, don't, it. I don't care what you've done. That's it. As long as the guests can't tell then then it really doesn't matter. That's it. So no, definitely. I think it's uh I actually I I think uh, I don't regret many things in life, but what I do wish I'd done is started doing seasons straight out of college rather than waiting three years. So but you know, so everything you've done is is helping to where you are now, really. Isn't yeah, it? that's exactly it. So, so just to finish off, we've got one last question for you. What is your dream job? Oh, that is an unbelievably good question. Um, oh, I really don't know. I think I really enjoy teaching. Like hands down, it's it's one of the very few things that I'm genuinely good at is teaching, and I really enjoy it. Uh, equally, I really enjoy like the board design and board building. So I think if I could have some kind of culmination of those two, maybe in a centre that I've started that I'm running somewhere new and exciting that we haven't discovered yet, I think that would probably be my, my dream job. So, uh, yeah, George, in a couple of years' time, once I've got my, uh, my, my centre, if you, uh, you want to come and be like my start windsurf instructor, you can do. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that's it. We'll get, we'll get you to start windsurf. We'll get, we'll get Harry Douglas as like sailing instructor. It would be a great centre. As long as I get afternoons off and we have the occasional gentleman's evening, oh, that's, wow. uh, that's all right with me. <laughs> that, that, that might be compulsory. Compulsory staff training. Yeah. Wearing moustaches. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we'll finish off there. Thanks very much for joining us tonight, Will. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been a, been a pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Speak to you later.